when John said our next three weeks we're talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is obviously an integral part of our Christian faith. Um, and who he is has uh, been misinterpreted many times. And so we want to try our best to give you clarity of exactly what Scripture says about the Holy Spirit. It is important because he is the triune God. He's part of the triune God. So, <clears throat> now, now my clicker's not working. Turn it on and off. It's like spiritual warfare. <laughs> yes. Yes, Josh is getting used of the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. No, no, Josh, it means you're going to flip my slide. Yeah. All right, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Second Corinthians thirteen fourteen. When you read that, what thoughts go through your mind? Meaning, I just want to get us to think a little bit about the Trinity. The grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit. It's one God, but it's different. What is our response to this? What is our response? The next three weeks, we're going to try to talk about the Holy Spirit and who He is. Josh, you can do the next one if you want. I put down there, the Christian walk is not simply getting to know God, but getting to know yourselves. Right off the bat, just for the simple fact that um, He says, let us make man in our image. We are three parts, right? We are flesh, soul, and spirit. And that's going to change the way you think about how you deal with the fight against sin, who you are as a person, and how you see God. So these things matter. Little Yoda. Is the Holy Spirit a person or a force? Does it matter? Okay? Does it matter? The Holy Spirit is a person. Okay? His attributes from the Bible would confirm that he's a person and part of the triune God. What are the implications of looking at him simply as a force. Guys, these are the things that in your mind, you might sit there and say, I don't really think he's a force. He's a person. But in your actions towards him, maybe you're actually thinking more of he's just a a force out there. Um, It's God's power shown. There's some people that think, there's no such thing as the Holy Spirit. Whenever the Bible talks about it, it's just God the Father and Jesus together being shown in a different way. That's false. That's false. My own daughter, we were going over this, and um, I think I had this slide. Um, and she goes, what, what do you mean a force? Or, he's not a person. And I went, <laughs> but... The reason I'm even sharing the story, and I, and I got permission from her to share the story, is I think sometimes we don't even think about it. We have never really considered our beliefs 
system, what we actually think of the Holy Spirit. We just think, well, this section of Christianity does it wrong. <laughs> this one does it wrong. And um, I think we got it right. And we really have never even looked at who the Holy Spirit is. You have most of your knowledge based on how you were raised. And if I'm serious, that's why I joked around a little bit in the beginning saying, listen, are we a little nervous? Have we ever dug into Scripture and actually studied who He is? Or just we're going on those things that we've been taught our whole lives. And for my daughter, I think it's, it's pretty simple for her to be like, wait a minute, at her age, she goes, is he really a person or is he just kind of like a force? No, he's a person. And this actually matters. Can we turn the next one, Sir Josh? Numerous church organizations would say that the Spirit is not a person but a force. There is many churches you can go to that deny the personhood of the Holy Spirit. After studying again through Scripture, I have no idea how they do that. I really don't. But they do. And the implications are bad. I put here, it can lend to tapping into the power or force instead of recognizing the Holy Spirit of God, and giving Him credit that He is powerful through you. Some of us know where I'm going with some of the charismatic movement. That somehow you can be in church or even at home, and somehow you have to tap in to this power source. And great and mighty things can happen. And yet, we cannot be a people that do not believe that the Holy Spirit is powerful, and that He wants to work mightily through us. But to me, it's a very um, distinct distinction. That's interesting. When you look at the Holy Spirit, the way He's going to show or manifest His power through you, if He is not a person, then it puts the emphasis again that you have a part in the power. As long as you do something right, you get to tap into this mystical spiritual power. Instead of getting credit to the fact that the Holy Spirit actually indwells in you. And that we were to yield to a person. We are to yield to God Himself. And through that, the Holy Spirit should be doing mighty and powerful things towards us. And sometimes, this day and age seems so confusing that, you know what happens? We don't want to go anywhere near the subject. We don't want to think about the power of the Holy Spirit because it kind of scares us. We just kind of let, leave it be, and let's just talk about other things. I put the hokey pokey up there, and I, I really, it is not my intention um, to, to talk bad about other places. I think this one's just, this one's easy, it's false teaching. There, there are those places where they sing the hokey pokey, and as they're dancing in church, they, they're, they're inviting the Spirit to come do a work while they do the hokey pokey. And they're, and they're dead serious. And that's when healing comes into play. That's where, all, guys, it's, it's just offensive to God. It's offensive. And so don't be those who think, well, people really don't think like that. And if they do, they're just kind of out in left field. If we haven't studied it ourselves, if you haven't studied it, you have no grounds to say why you believe what you believe in the Holy Spirit. And so today we're going to simply look at why He is a person and why he is part of the triune God, and how that can affect our lives. Let's look to the Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you so much for who you are. You are so awesome. We pray during this time that your spirit would control me,
us in this room, that we would allow him to say what he needs to say to us. Thank you so much for saving us. Thank you for your advocacy. Thank you that you have a depth to you that is uh, just simply remarkable. May we be a people that want to search out the deep mysteries of God. Thank you for who you are. In your name, amen. What are we? <laughs> Thank you. All right. This is when guys like me tell jokes and always get in trouble. Okay, we're going to look at the personhood of the Holy Spirit first. Here's what I mean. There's going to be four characteristics. Why he is not just some force out there. Why he's not some this mystical kind of thing you can tap into, but a true person. There's characteristics that the Bible clearly states about him that give him personification or the fact that he is a person. No problem. Okay. I'm going to first talk about the fact that he's part of the triune God, I guess. <laughs> I changed up my, my uh, slides. How do we know that the Holy Spirit is God, part of the triune God? There are three things here. One, the Bible says that he is equal to the Father and the Son. If you look at some of these verses, um, 1 Peter 1, 2, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6, Ephesians 2, 18. I got this from Emmaus Correspondent. It says, Consider his relationship to the other members of the Godhead in such matters as the believer's salvation, spiritual gifts, and actually access to God. Those are three pretty important things. Salvation, your spiritual gifts, Access to God, salvation. 1 Peter 1, 2. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. And as we keep going through this, obviously I want you to see if he is not part of the Godhead, then how is he included in these verses? According to gifts, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord, and there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Access. For through Him, Christ, we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. Access to God has to go through all three. All three parts of the triune God. Without that, you have no access. These verses alone, I think, should prove that He is an equal part to God. Now, what does that mean for us practically? I think just a very simple case, do you acknowledge that he's part of the Godhead? <laughs> do you acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead? Now, this is where, again, I want to be very careful in my words. I just, I want to really encourage us. There are so many times where we talk about Jesus Christ and rightfully so, because the Father has said, this is my beloved Son, hear Him. The Spirit of God says, I'm going to glorify the Son. 
That's why we talk about Jesus. Hallelujah. But it does not mean we just get to ignore God the Father and the Holy Spirit, guys. It doesn't mean that. Part of the triune God. Let's go to the next slide. He possesses the attributes of God. If he is not God, then how can the Bible talk about him being eternal? In Hebrews 9.14, he is all-powerful. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. He is omnipresent. Where can I go from your Spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend up into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. There are other attributes of God that he possesses. So we're again trying to have the viewpoint here of how can you actually prove that the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity and that he is fully God. He has the attributes of God. He's equal with God. Next slide. He's actually called God. <laughs> Again, this is from Emmaus Correspondence. little plug-in for Emmaus Correspondence. Great study guides. Great study guides. You can even buy them and have them online now. In my own true study, I studied uh, Holy Spirit for a couple weeks. And if I'm just being honest, I was like, again, you're trying to study God. So that's a pretty big topic. Um, and trying to narrow it down. The Emmaus Correspondence really um, helped me in my own studies. It's there for you online, Emmaus Correspondence. Okay, it's interesting to notice in the Bible that all three persons of the Godhead are ascribed the title Lord. For example, Jesus addresses the Father as Lord of heaven and earth, the Son is Lord, and the Spirit is Lord, all those references. The title Lord, meaning Supreme Master, applies equally to each, as does the term God. In fact, in its absolute sense, the term Lord applies only to deity. So he is called Lord. All right, next slide, my man. Who cares? Okay, I don't mean it like that. I mean, how does this practically affect us? Why do we have to know that the Holy Spirit is actually part of the triune God? One, the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. Now, these are deep studies that I'm going to very quickly go over. But as some of you might know, some people look at the Holy Spirit as not God at all. Okay, that changes things. Then others view him as God, but it looks like God was different from the Old Testament to the New. You might have heard these things. God doesn't change, but God is different from the Old Testament to the New. Now God loves people, where before he killed them in war. I'm being a little sarcastic, but that's what people think, guys. And when it comes to the Holy Spirit, why does it matter? The Holy Spirit could indwell in people in the Old Testament. You have examples of it. Okay? You have an example of Him coming upon people. Because the role of the Holy Spirit is always to help people on earth. That's always been His role. But that job will change a little bit, or I shouldn't even say change, will be manifested differently as time goes on. I'm going to use an awful illustration. I'm just embarrassed to use it. High School Musical. It's the only one I could think of. High School Musical. What's his name? It's not Zach. Wow, that's embarrassing. I'm just kidding. 
The main character in High School Music, if you don't know, it's a Disney movie. Kid in high school, basketball superstar. Troy, thank you. That's embarrassing, too. Okay. <laughs> Troy is the main character. All the young people probably know this, and some of you old people that don't want to admit it. Um, high School Musical was a great, I don't know, trilogy, I think. Um, Disney movies. Anyway, he is a basketball superstar. He also loves to sing. It's not cool to be a basketball star and show your boys that you love to sing and dance. Okay? So, as the thing goes on, the, <laughs> I can't believe I used this illustration. As the movie goes on, there's a struggle because he wants to be known as a basketball player. Here's the best I can try to do for you. In the movie, Troy never changed who he was. But some of the people that were around him never knew he actually was a singer as well. He was always the basketball star to them. And by the end of the movie, you realize, oh my goodness, he plays basketball and sings. What do we do now? Okay? So there's times where the Godhead has manifested itself differently. It has not changed, but has simply shown itself in different capacities, that depths that we did not know in the past. Okay? And so in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit, for example, could indwell people. And then he could leave because the presence of God was in the temple. And then God sent his son. Well, the physical being of Jesus Christ was here on earth. He left. Jesus Christ is no longer physically walking on the earth, guys. What did he do? He left a helper. The Holy Spirit is now on earth and dwelling in us. Nothing has changed from the Godhead's point of view. But how he has manifested himself has. Why does this matter? When you read verses in Psalms like, Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. People use that verse as a verse where you can lose your salvation. Because the Spirit of God's the same in the Old Testament and New, and he used to leave people in the Old. So why can't he leave people in the New? This is why this stuff matters. How we see Him. This is why this stuff matters. There are numerous solid believers who think, solid believers, who think anyone who was justified by faith, all the Old Testament saints of olds, were always in jolt with the Holy Spirit. That's going to change the way you see Pentecost and the birth of the church. That's going to change the way you see Israel Versus the church. Again, I'm scratching on surfaces that are completely deep. But I want to encourage us today. It matters. <laughs> it matters how you perceive God. It matters knowing His role throughout the timeline. One of the things I thought practically for us that I, I just, I completely just love about the Godhead. It seems like they have no problem with their roles, do you? <laughs> I am always amazed that Jesus Christ, being fully God and doing what he was about to do on, uh, on this earth, was to live a perfect life and then die uh, an unlawful death, said, I always do that which pleases the Father. I don't even speak my own words. How can God say that? You guys ever struggle with that? How can God himself say, I don't speak my own words, I only speak what God the Father says. And then the Holy Spirit comes after him. You know what the Holy Spirit says? We'll look at later. I'm only going to tell you what I learned from God the Father and Jesus. 
I'm only going to say what they tell me to say. There is absolute no jealousy in the Godhead. There is no, absolutely no part of God going, um, I wanted that part. <laughs> now you look at us. <laughs> you look at all the divisions, all the jealousies, all the quabbles, everything because we want our own way. Guys, just the triune God itself should show us how to humble ourselves a little more. Should show us how to get along with people. <laughs> should show us to be content with those things which God has given us. Again, I love the verse that says, take heed to your ministry. Take heed to your ministry. What has God given you? Are you content with what He's given you? And are you doing everything by God's power to fulfill that ministry? Because the Godhead works together perfectly. They are never, ever saying, no, 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 that's my job. No, no, that's my Hey, wait a minute. And comparing each other, who does what? They are constantly just a, a perfect uh, triune God. Next slide, please. Now we'll get into why we know He is a person. Why we know He is a person. These are four attributes. Intellect. Emotions. He has a will. He is called another helper. We'll talk about that. So, to me, just the base of this, if the Bible says that the Holy Spirit has intellect, well, then He has to be a person. He has to be a person. If the Bible says He has emotions, I don't know about you, but I've never seen a tree have emotions. Never seen an inanimate object have emotions. He has a will. Okay, we're going to prove these things biblically. Next slide, please. Let's read in John 16, 12 through 15. A good portion of this, and I know I don't have, quote, a, a, a specific text we are going from today. If you really um, wanted to study the Holy Spirit, a good start is John 14 through 16. There's a lot in there about who he is. But let's go to John 16, starting in verse 12. I didn't want to put these up there because I really wanted to read these. Jesus is talking to his disciples. And this is at the end, right before he is about to be crucified. <clears throat> he says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. I love that verse. Let that one sink in. Jesus Christ told them, I want to tell you a lot more things, but you can't bear it yet. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. God the Father has given Jesus Christ everything. The Holy Spirit says, I'm just going to take from Jesus and impart that wisdom to you. Impart that wisdom to you. Well, how does he communicate to us then? If Jesus said the Holy Spirit is going to sit here and impart to me my words, how does he actually do it? How does he guide us into this truth? Now, this is where you've heard some of those things too. I was just sitting there um, in my room and the Holy Spirit told me something. Told me I should go to such and such a place and give $1,000. I don't know. 
Listen, you have to be very careful with that stuff. Because when you start to see the personhood of the Holy Spirit, how does he communicate? Everything he gets comes from Jesus and God the Father. How have they showed themselves to us? God's Word. Guys, it is impossible for the Holy Spirit to tell you anything outside of God's Word. I'm going to say it one more time. (laughs) Impossible for the Holy Spirit to tell you anything outside of God's Word. Can God's Word move us through the Holy Spirit? Yes. Yes. I'm sitting here on a Sunday morning. I've been praying to God. I start to read. I read. I should give more to the Lord. Now the Spirit's using that Word of God saying, yes, and starts to convict me. And then I walk outside and I see the little box. (laughs) Now I have a choice. That is different because I've been reading the Bible. Then I'm just sitting there and I, uh, you know, I don't even want to make up an example. (laughs) It's different if it's outside of the Bible. He communicates through the Bible. And his intellect, his wisdom, comes from the Bible. Let's go to the next one. Emotions. He can be grieved. Again, huge topic that we're probably going to hit up in the next two weeks, but I'm not going to talk about. He can love. He can be insulted. How can you grieve and insult someone who's not a real person? How is that possible? He is a person. Why does this matter? I have John 3.16. I'm going to tell you again, I've been saved for at least well over 20 years. And I don't know why it hit me that day. God's Word does this. For God so loved the world. For the first time ever, I realized, oh my goodness, God the Father loves me. For the longest time, I thought only Jesus loves me. And that God the Father and the Holy Spirit, they're kind of... I don't know, doing their thing in the Godhead, but Jesus is the one that loves me. I don't know if you know those things. I I don't know how I missed it. Hopefully you weren't like me. (laughs) But I'm telling you that I never thought that God the Father really loved me. I just thought Jesus did. And and I read John 3.16 about, (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) a lot. Do you understand that the Holy Spirit loves you? He loves you. Why does that matter? Because he indwells in you. <laughs> he wants to be used in you. He's here to help you. We're going to talk about that in a second. Know that the one who's here to help you in this walk on earth loves you. <laughs> loves you. Go to the next one, please. I'm not going to go through all of these. He has a will what he wills to do. You'll read in Acts, the Spirit stopped um, people from doing things. He led other people to do other things, okay? He appointed... I mean, there's numerous things that the Holy Spirit does in act of he has a will. A force does not do that. (laughs) He is a person. He is part of the triune God. Go to the next one, please. He is another helper. 
So these are the things in Bible study that we think about. In John chapter 14, verse 16, I'm going to read it. Jesus is talking. He says, And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another Helper, that He may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He dwells with you, and will be in you. Will be. It's interesting there. He dwells with you was present tense. Will be in you is later in the future. Another thing of showing what the Spirit will do later on at Pentecost. I will never, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I want to show you what Jesus Christ thinks of the Spirit. He's saying, I have a replacement coming, another helper who will do these things in my place. Do you think Jesus is just going to give that to anyone? <laughs> do you really think that Jesus, the Son of God, is just going to say, well, there's going to be this power, this mystical force going to help you out. He said, I'm going to give you another helper. Now, where it says paraclete, that is the Greek word there for helper. It means a legal advocate or counsel for defense, an intercessor, a helper generally. Okay, so Jesus, this is just so amazing about the Godhead. Again, he was there on earth. He's about to leave. While he's on earth, he advocates for his disciples, but he's leaving. He said, listen, I'm not going to leave you without help. I'm not going to leave you without legal help. The Holy Spirit is called the paraclete, the advocate. Now, this is where it gets fun for me, hopefully fun for you. In 1 John, it says, if anyone sins, we have an advocate, Jesus not the Holy Spirit. Okay, so now we're talking about two different advocates. Yes, we are. Think about the wondrous thing here. Jesus Christ is advocating on your behalf. When? When the Satan, the accuser of the brethren, accuses you of your sins, Jesus is in heaven standing saying, no, I bought that with my blood. Their sins are forgiven. You have no defense. And the Holy Spirit doing the same thing down here on earth. So Jesus is in heaven advocating on our behalf. The Holy Spirit is here on earth advocating on our behalf. I would never even think like this, guys. And I love the fact that Jesus advocates for me. And now I'm even more um, elated and joyful that the Holy Spirit of God advocates for me. Here on earth. Do you see how He has left nothing unturned? He has given us everything we need to succeed at this Christian walk. Everything. It's not a game that we just wait till we get to heaven. Right now, the Spirit of God indwells in us to help us not sin, to fulfill our ministry. All these things that God had has decided to dwell in us so that we can have success. We can have success. We've got to understand that. We've got to understand. One of the things I was thinking about, how would He even defend us? You know, it's interesting, and again, I, I don't know if um, I can be dogmatic about this, but I was just thinking, even those who sin, say, listen, there's, there's no way I can still be saved. I've done X, Y, and Z. Well, he's actually the one that can come legally and say, actually, you're wrong. I dwell in you, 
And God's word says you are saved. But it really doesn't matter what you think. You're saved. <laughs> he can actually act like that for us. Not just in a defense of when we do wrong, but actually bring to mind the truths that we don't believe yet. There are certain things that we don't believe, even though we're supposed to as Christians. Come on. There's things in the book we don't believe. And the Holy Spirit goes, you're wrong. (laughs) I'm going to help you legally. You're wrong. (laughs) No, actually, you are a son of God. (laughs) Actually, you do have a spiritual gift. So many people. I don't have one. I I missed the boat. Um, I I didn't get a spiritual gift. I know he saved me, but I'm useless. Actually, you're wrong. You're wrong. (laughs) And the Holy Spirit is the one that will tell you, you're wrong. (laughs) In fact, the living proof is I'm in you. I wouldn't be here if you weren't saved and given gifts because I gave you the gift. You're wrong. (laughs) You're wrong. That's how he can advocate for us. He's an intercessor for us. It's amazing. We talk about praying in the spirit, how he can help our prayers. Jesus intercedes on our behalf, prays. Guys, instead of it being confusing, sometimes it's just I love the idea of just I'm fully covered. (laughs) When I pray, I'm fully covered. My sins are washed away. The Spirit will help me pray. Jesus intercedes. I'm fully covered. All right, let's go to the next one. Who cares? Okay, how does this practically apply to us? I just want to encourage us. Have you actually ever sat and stopped for a second? Have you ever grieved the Spirit? Is that even on your radar? To be honest, I I don't know if it's, it's on my radar at all. You know why I like to ask that question? Because it brings us again to the foundational truth of it's not about works, it's about a relationship. I'm grieving a person. I'm not sitting there going, oh, I messed up again. I sinned, but it's forgiven. Try to be better. You grieved a person. It was personal. Personal. You ever get into a fight with someone and the fight is never about what you're actually fighting about? It's the fact that you offended me. That's what the fight's about. You offended me. I don't really care about what we're actually fighting about. I took it personal. I took it personal. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. He's a real person. How can he bring to remembrance the things Jesus have taught if you haven't read? If you haven't read the Bible, how can he bring to remembrance the words you need from God's word? in order to have success. What does it do for us to meditate on the advocacy that God had establishes for us? They advocate for us. It's an amazing thought. I didn't really want to end with this, but I think it's, it's part of it. Because he is fully God and a person, Should we pray to the Spirit? Should we worship Him? I'll tell you this. We have recorded prayers to God the Father. Jesus says, this is how you should pray, our Father who art in heaven. There are recorded prayers to Jesus Himself. Stephen's martyr, when he was killed, cries out to Jesus Christ. There are no recorded prayers to the Spirit of God. Nor are we ever told to really pray to the Spirit of God. In fact... How we are called to pray in the Spirit. 
So how can you pray in the Spirit if you're praying to the Spirit? That seems a little redundant. The idea of praying in the Spirit has to do with the fact that you are allowing the Spirit of God to... You're acknowledging um, who He is when you start to pray. All that being said, why does that matter? Well, and again, I'm not... um, I really don't want to bash this. I really want us to get to think. You know, I love music too. A lot of songs. Holy Spirit, come and fill this place. Is that right to pray? You got to think about that. I'm not saying we should all go out there and burn the CDs, guys, by the way. Okay? I'm not saying, like, what? Heresy? No. But you got to know. We are never called to pray to the Spirit. Now, to me, I'm telling you personally, that kind of messes with my mind because he's God. How can I not pray to him? How, how does that work? All I know is that some of that attitude is, again, me trying to tell God what to do. <laughs> Instead of just taking him at his word. The Spirit says, I will always glorify the Son. I don't want no glory. Don't worship me. Point it all to the Son. That's what the Godhead has decided. I will say this. If by accident you're praying and you say, I've been trying to pray again, especially when I preach, Lord, control me by your Spirit. If I by accident go, Spirit, can you control me today? I don't think heaven's in an uproar. I really don't. I don't think they're in an uproar. However, it becomes a pattern. If every day you've got to pray to the Spirit, you've got to think about what you're doing. Because He doesn't want you to pray to Him. <laughs> These things matter because it matters how we see God. I just want us to leave. I know I've probably given us a lot to think about. We're going to do two more weeks on this. We're going to get into it more. I don't want the Holy Spirit to be a scared topic. And I really want us to be able to talk about it without feeling embarrassed. I'm going to tell you right now, there's a lot of things about the Spirit. I've I, I got to study more. <laughs> and because of different views of the Spirit, sometimes we just get so like, what if I pray to the Spirit? Oh, no. I don't want to say it out loud now. Okay. We should be able to, iron sharpens iron, talk to one another and use God's word, guys. It's going to be a great study, I feel. And I pray the Spirit of God does a great, mighty work. Okay? But I want to close with, again, the beauty of the triune God. God is, is amazing. And I don't want to misinterpret anything about who he is and his character. Because... Seeing him correctly changes our lives. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you so much for your goodness and your grace. Thank you that you (laughs) did not uh, consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made yourself a servant. Oh, that we would learn from the one true God how to relate with people. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you again, Lord, that, that you were physically leaving the earth and you didn't want to leave us as orphans. Thank you that the Godhead went from the presence in a temple to God in the flesh on earth to now believers and dwelt by the Holy Spirit. Help us to understand that. Help us to just Worship you for it. Help us to see how great and awesome that is. Lord, give us wisdom and clarity.
We need you to understand who the Holy Spirit is, how uh, our response to Him, uh, what does it mean to live by the Spirit, to pray in the Spirit, not to grieve Him. Lord, we pray that you would just give us wisdom and grace, that our love for one another would increase. In your name, amen.